here. So please hit us up over at WDET.org slash survey. We'd love to hear from you. Now, visual art has long been inspired by stories, myths, and the written word. Many great paintings, films, murals, and photographs all owe their creation to literary arts. In his new graphic novel, artist Julian Peters has brought to life 24 poems through the art of comics. He spoke with culture chef Amanda LeClaire about how he visually translated some of the most beloved American poems and the connection between graphic comics, poetry, and music. Well, I, I used to draw a lot, a lot of comics when I was a kid. I drew so many, um, but then I stopped in my teen years and I didn't start again, I think until university, I was studying art history and I was taking a lot of visual art classes at the university. I think I always had this idea that I, I could do comics because I'd done it so much as a kid. Kind of the motivating factor that brought me back into doing comics was because I was also discovering poetry around this time like sort of at the end of my teen years, beginning of my 20s. And um, specifically, I was really into the work of um, the French poet Arthur Rimbaud. I just became really fascinated with him as a character as well, because he was this teenage poet who stopped writing poet poetry at the age of 20 and then went off to become like an arms dealer, an explorer in Africa and had a very adventurous life. And so I thought, he would be kind of a good character for a comic. He kind of reminded me actually of um, Tintin comics. I don't know how popular those are in the in the States, but very popular here in Canada. So I thought it'd be interesting to do a, a biography of Rainbow in the style a little bit of a Tintin comic. And that's what gave me the idea at the beginning of bringing the two things together, poetry and comics. But it's also basically what got me to start doing comics again as an adult. It's only, I think, when I started to feel the poetry more emotionally, I guess, or like, um, not physically, I would say, but more like one would experience music without so much trying to, to grasp the meaning of it, but more just to, to absorb the feelings that it produces and to enjoy it, that kind of aspect of it that I started to really enjoy poetry. The almost kind of musical quality of it, you know, the almost incantatory quality of, of, of the lines as you recite them, even just in your head. I think that's lost a lot now that we don't we don't memorize poetry anymore. You also bring up music in the introduction to the book because you talk about the, the comparison between poetry and illustration and, and graphic comics and the, the rhythm that lies beneath both of those concepts. I think rhythm is a very fundamental aspect of, of both art forms. Um, you know, in poetry, the rhythm is created by just the, the, the kind of lengths of the, the, the words and the, the amount of syllables and also where you choose to break the lines. And in, in, in comics also rhythm is, is very important because you're telling a story through a certain amount of panels that you decide to use. Uh, how many panels are you going to use to tell uh, this particular action? You can have silent panels in between that kind of pause the reading experience, or you can lengthen it in times when, with many panels to describe uh, one action. Or even like if you have wide panels or short panels, that changes the kind of rhythm in which you experience uh, the story. And you're you're basically in poetry and in comics, I think there's 
there's more of an emphasis than say in, in a normal text on a page and how you're directing the reader's eye across the page, kind of the speed at which the eye is traveling and absorbing the words or the images in poetry and comics, there's that common element. One of the 24 poems that you give this visual treatment to in, in the new book is a very famous Maya Angelou poem, Caged Bird. And you illustrate the panels as if they are a, a quilt. What was the decision behind showing it as this, this handmade, beloved object in American culture? Yeah, well, the, the references are specifically um, G's Bend quilts from Alabama. Uh, in part, and also Harriet Powers' picture quilts. And Harriet Powers was um, a former slave who uh, then created these quilts at the end of the 19th century. Those are more the the storybook ones that that, um, tell various uh, biblical narratives in the originals. Um, So I wanted to kind of, and the, and the, and the, uh, the G's Bend quilts from Alabama were, um, you know, these very beautiful, mostly abstract, quilts that use really bold patterns and, uh, you know, asymmetrical compositions that kind of uh, a lot of uh, art critics have have compared to modernist paintings. But they were created uh, starting, um, you know, in the, in the in the slave era, when um, a lot of these uh, women had just scraps of, um, of, of cloth to work with of different colors and had to arrange them into interesting patterns. There was something about the resilience that these these quilts spoke to of the African American uh, community, both in in the G's Bend quilts and in the uh, Harriet Powers story quilts, that I kind of wanted to tap into in this adaptation. I just also I always kind of liked how when I look for a long time at a at a carpet or or, or abstract patterns, I often like to imagine maybe landscapes or maps or sceneries within them. And it's interesting how when you juxtapose, you superimpose words over different parts of an abstract design, you can start to sort of suggest that this, maybe this abstract uh, line of blue looks a little bit like it could be a sky or a river, or these um, you know vertical lines could be like a cage, like the bars of a, a prison cell. That's artist and illustrator Julian Peters. His new book is called Poems to See By, 24 Great American Poems Reimagined as Graphic Comics. It would make a great gift for the high school students studying poetry in your life or the poetry lover in general. And it's awfully hard to talk about poetry without wanting to hear it read to you. So Julian and I were just talking about one of the poems that he illustrates in his book, the famous Maya Angelou poem, Caged Bird. Here's our own Sasha Ryan reading that. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill for the caged bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze and the trade winds soft through the sighing trees and the fat worms waiting on a dawn-bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. 
But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on a distant hill, for the caged bird sings of freedom. A beautiful reading by WDET's own Sasha Ryan. Thank you for doing that for us. You can see some of the artist Julian Peters' work from his new book later this afternoon over at WDET.org. He spoke with Amanda LeClaire.